0: Welcome back to episode 145 of the Blockrunner Podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we interview Suman, the CEO of Personal AI. Here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, Suman explains what is Personal AI and its use case. Next, we question what it takes to make the ultimate artificial intelligence. Then, how to Avoid false data for AI? And finally, how can AI fix the issue between science and politics? All right, let's listen in. Welcome back to episode 143 of the Blockrunner podcast. I'm your host, William, always here with your co host, Iman. What's
1: going on, man?
0: All right, and on the sticks, we got TJ. Hey. And finally, We've been wanting to talk to the people behind personal AI. We got Suman, the CEO and co-founder of Personal AI. Thank you for joining us.
2: Good to meet you. Both well, of you.
0: All right. So we've been talking about personal AI, you know, pretty much on a daily basis, just because as soon as we discovered it, we're like, we could think of so many applications. Yeah. So many use cases. We got our own community. Yes. We're building our own product. Yes. And we're having to answer our community, you know, all t- types of questions. And we feel like Hey, if we generated this personal AI, maybe the community can interact with the with the personal AI instead of us. Yeah, and have a little bit of backup here.
1: Yeah, you could dream up like so many different use cases for a technology like this. So yeah, we definitely want to get as deep as we can go, and you know, some somewhere towards the tail end of this conversation, see if we could shift it towards like the metaverse direction, because that is yeah. definitely like our focus. See if we can figure out if the metaverse. We think the metaverse will be the <laughs> ultimate playground for AI one yeah. day, <laughs> yeah. To really test out like the, the depths of what these uh, these newly generated potentially lifelike forms can do, yeah. You know, in their own 3D space, so yeah. I guess uh, you want to get things yeah. started. I guess uh, how did personal AI even come about? Like, uh, when did you guys start? Um, what What is the genesis? It's, it's genesis
2: to personal AI genesis oh god okay we are starting deep then uh the uh, so the company started in 2020 uh, although the genesis of personal ai began somewhere in like 2018 and
3: 2019
2: mm-hmm. uh previously i ran a company called ira it was essentially a technology for people who are blind and low vision mm. uh, with the intention of you know filling the gap of missing visual information for you know visually challenged people including blind and during those times i um my previous investor as well as a mentor and partner who became a, a good friend friend of mine, his name is Larry Walk uh, he passed away due to pancreatic cancer mm-hmm. and you know when I was running my previous company, I always had, had this thought of like what would Larry do you know because, not just like emotional connection with Larry, but also the strategic connection. It's like, hey, you know, what do you think about these terms? Hey, what do you think about this negotiation? Hey, how do I strategize? You know, this startup in this such particular situation. And I, I missed it. I missed that yeah. essential component because that kind of bootstrapped me as an entrepreneur. And that core thesis of like, what would Larry do, uh, is a bigger problem. Which is, like, you know, we usually create and communicate and consume a lot of information every day, but we forget. You know, majority of it. Uh, That's the first problem. The second problem is generally we do not have access to the people uh, that we would otherwise would want or would benefit from, because you know whether the people you know that do not exist in the world or Mm -hmm. is you know is too far out we cannot you know basically afford to be able to communicate those people. Or some people do not have time at all, right? Because you know you can only have like one fifty true connections according to Dunbar. So. All in all, this core idea, the core thesis of how can we create a model of an individual to be able to replicate their thoughts and their mind to have these conversations beyond, you know, the physical limitation that exists mm-hmm. of a human-to-human connection and communication. So it's very like yeah, human-driven. So if the previous company was more about augmenting like visual challenges, uh, missing visual information, this company is more about augmenting like the missing memories are missing cognition and missing time that, you know, goes beyond our, uh, I guess, human capabilities to be able to fulfill. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like typically my like passion, like how to use technology to kind of create yeah. this, you know, augment this uh, challenges that are super close to a individual human beings. So that's kind of how we, you know, thesis wise, uh, the company started about.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So so when it comes to personal ai can you give us a few examples of use cases for something like this like what is the most optimal way to leverage personal ai i created an account by the way and um, and so what i've been doing is i've been sort of feeding it information about you know uh, my thoughts that i have like is that the proper way to use personal ai or can you give me some recommendations to, to optimize the experience
2: yeah, no, it's a, it's a totally valid question. And for the fact that it is so broad, um, is a good problem to have, but at the same time it presents challenges and hang on. What is the first use case to go after? What does go-to-market looks like? What are sure. the people that can benefit from it? How do we optimize the experience for what kind of people? So in a way, what's been happening with this company over the last three years was just that uh, there's tons of technology to build, first of all. You know, this there's uh, like a parallel implementation of GPT architecture that we've been doing while you know, OpenAI was doing GPT architecture implementation for Internet of Data. You know, we've been doing it for individuals' data. And uh, the initial core thesis was augmenting sort of memories. In other words, like, can you feed in all the information, all your thoughts uh, to be able to recall contextually relevant piece of information without you proactively searching for it or looking for it or asking for it? right? Um, so that use cases has evolved into being able to generate, you know, content and ideas and writing blocks and recalling information and looking up information pretty rapidly and pretty fast. Mm. So that helped us uh, think through, you know, okay, you know, productivity and helping cognition because people forget and people are able to recall. However, one of the core theses of personal AI is also this this idea of access. Like, how do we leverage personal AI of individual person so that way they can benefit other people around them, not mm-hmm. just self. Like, you know, it can benefit you for sure, but how can it benefit other people? Um, and there is a lot more motivation behind that, not just me personally, uh, but also to the thesis and also to the community, to the people who are building their personal lives, because there is this desire, like, hey, this is my mind. Mm. And I want this my mind to help me but I also want my mind to be helping others. Mm -hmm. So our mission is how can we bring this power of AI and put in the hands of like every individual person, but every individual person through, you know, authentic self and a true unique model. Um, So the use cases are broad, but we are doubling down on the use cases of uh, connection and the communication. So let's just say Let's let's take a technical note because I think everybody lately is very familiar with the power of AI with Chat GPT sure. and what you can do with it. Uh with personal AI, the way to think about it is it's Chat GPT, but it's personal thoughts. So every model is unique. Um if you think about Chat GPT model is, you know, GPT 3 model basically is around 170 billion parameters. Our personal AI models are 120 million parameters. So in a way, these models can actually run on your iPhone or even, um, you know, know, soon enough if the chips are smart enough uh, on your wearable devices as well. Mm. Uh, And the scale horizontally, so everybody gets like a different model. Mm -hmm. So now uh, think about the use cases. All the use cases that you can apply on ChatGPT is just like generating blogs, generating marketing content, generating, you know, asking questions, asking knowledge, but personal. This is your data. This is your knowledge uh, from your content. and the use case that we are going after, after multiple different experimentations over so the past one year, is this conversations, like communication, um, which is okay. Um, you know, TJ has an AI. Uh, I would start communicating, you know, with TJ because I would I would need to talk, mm-hmm. but TJ doesn't have time. Or wow. there is eighty percent of the things that normally people uh, ask uh, TJ anywhere. Mm-hmm. So in this uh, mode of communication. Uh, it's not about like talking to the AI or asking or commanding a bot, but in fact, I'm talking to TJ Mm -hmm. and TJ's AI is augmenting that person Mm -hmm. to generate appropriate responses much faster.
3: Mm.
2: So in a personal AI co-pilot mode, your AI is indeed suggesting you are writing the responses for you that is true and authentic to you, that is your knowledge, your style Mm -hmm. and your voice, right? So the trust has to be established to that uh, person. So that's kind of how we think about it. It's not, you know, humans talking to the AI bots. It's actually human-to-human conversations with AIs in the loop.
1: Interesting. Is, is there like a quantifiable, I guess, metric internally, like uh, that go that's I guess considered on each individual's personal AI generation process? Like, how do we know once we get to that state of, I guess, reliability and trust that we know you know, like someone like TJ, maybe he's only provided like a bare minimum amount of information about himself. So the response <laughs> you're going to get out of that personal AI is not truly authentic or like mm. a good representation of of what he is as, a, as an individual. Is there like, I don't know, like some sort of like status quality, bar? Quality <laughs> metric. Yeah, there you go. Something like that.
2: Yeah, that's exactly how you should be thinking about it. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: And indeed, we call that metric a trust score. Our mm, technical mm. term for that score is attribution score. What the hell is the attribution score? Well, think about it. So, you when when you like you know search things in Google, you would get information, and you would go to the website, and you know who are the people who authored that piece of information. So, if you have authenticity associated with that piece of information. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but however, the you know good news bad news about large language models is large language models covers this like gigantic breadth of information of the entire internet but because it is basically pulling all the information from anywhere, it is all anonymized, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that means whatever AI is creating or generating, it doesn't have an attribution back to the true source, the true person, or group of people, right? Mm -hmm. But in our case, it's exactly the opposite because we are attribution first. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So every AI response that is generated will have an attribution score that will tell you how likely is this response to be coming from oh, that okay. particular person, and that's the transparency. That is the uh, exchange between you and your AI, and between your AI and other people. That, huh? You know what? It sounds fifty-seven percent like someone and if that is my choice, yes, you know, fifty-seven percent like me is acceptable then, Hmm. yeah, go for it. So So that's kind of how we think about it.
1: Does
0: that mean that, um, like, if I were to ask TJ's AI or Iman's AI, is there a public version of their personal AI that I can query versus (coughs) if I'm using my personal AI, like Will's personal AI, I am querying my personal side of this AI application. Are there differences versus... Between the public and my personal one.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good question. And now that we know this is gonna be coming up in March, um, technically with your personal AI, you can identify multiple different personas. Like let's think about let's think about like simple human form. Like we have one life, but we have many different, you know, s- segregations of our life. Like there is work, there is personal, there is podcast, there is probably our thought leadership that exists out there. Uh, so we created this concept of, you know, AI profiles. So AI profile is nothing but uh, you can basically confine. It's like a scope. It's, it's almost like a scope of your life, right? Uh, let's say the scope of your life is your podcast because you know, yeah. generally, mm-hmm. you know, you talk and you exchange and you exchange ideas in the podcast in a much more free manner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't probably has like, you know, super secret information about your family and your, your business right. and stuff like that. Uh, so you can choose that AI, AI profile to be your you know, podcast profile, and you can technically train it by uploading on your podcast, applying your general thoughts, applying your you know, public persona. And when you choose to share, um, you can choose to publish TJ Personal AI. When people go to that uh, TJ Personal AI, you can technically hmm. join uh, you know, as if like you're joining a group. And talk to TJ, but that profile will support just a public persona, not Mm -hmm. necessarily private information. Now, if you think about like a project, right, like a community of people who are coming together Mm -hmm. and then working on a project, they probably are sharing a little bit more deeper information. It's like more, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 to 12 people closed. Mm -hmm. So then they can choose it to create a profile for that particular project Mm -hmm. and, and create a group that is not, you know, public, it's more shared among a group of people. So it's no different than like, you know, sharing documents, if you will. If you just expand that concept of oh how we share our documents, private documents, you know, shared documents and public documents that we publish onto the web, now apply that same thing to the AIs. Mm. Like, you know, a set of AIs that I can it's just mine, like it's private. Uh of set of like AI profile that is for family or friends or colleagues or groups are public.
3: Hmm. Wow.
0: That's interesting. I like That's, that I like that analogy because yeah it's like you're sharing documents and pictures and people, you know, things with people. But in this case, you're sharing like a knowledge base with somebody Mm -hmm. and, and that knowledge base is so like vast and deep that the only way they can extract information from this knowledge base is you just ask it questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like that's something that we can leverage like from a business level too, in the sense where, um, I I guess one question I have is if I were to access TJ's public personal ai how how would i do that would i have to go to his website do i need to join his discord and interact with a a specific channel like how would i do that
2: yeah so every person on the planet when they sign up to personal ai they will get their own personal ai so it's 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 a kind of a, a little bit different thinking it's not a platform um where uh you know everybody is sharing like one app. Everybody gets their own stack of very A stack is nothing but all the piece of information that you own and associates with you that is authentic to you. So you come to let's say TJ uh publishes tj.personal.ai. You go to tj.personal.ai, okay. very similar to going to a Twitter profile. You'll say, hey, you know, I'm training my AI on these concepts. Um and here is my public profile, if you will. Um, uh, please, you know, join me as a member. You know, click message, and when you click message, it's essentially no different than joining a WhatsApp group or joining a Telegram application or joining a Slack group. Like you know, it's, it's pretty similar. Uh, it's it's a, it's a communication platform. So you would come in, you would essentially direct message TJ, but depending mm-hmm. on who you are, depending on what you know, TJ. Uh, exposes you, uh, he could actually uh, could like essentially set uh, it to a co-pilot mode where you are approving all the messages that AI generates, or autopilot mode where you know what, let them ask me questions as much as they want. I trust them and then uh, send the responses back.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, think the experience is no different than any other messaging platform such as Telegram, mm-hmm. such as Discord, such as Slack, but it's a personal AI uh, application. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have integrations that people do where they can use the API and then drop their personal AIs in their respect to existing messaging channels, such as Slack and such as Discord. But the goal is to create a highly branded experience mm. uh, of every brand. And that brand could be a person, that brand uh, could be a brand itself, but the focus is uh, more personal than uh, like a corporate bot, mm-hmm. if you know.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. We, we spend a lot of time on discord and uh, I mean, our whole team is there. And so we're actively interacting with them and we're answering questions all the time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it would be useful to have that uh, discord integration of our, I, I guess, public version of knowledge base on, on our project.
1: Yeah. And I can see a lot of potential, maybe future, cause we talk about, you know, decentralized autonomous organizations, a lot, DAOs as oh, like yeah. a fundamental component to, I guess, the Web3 ethos and how difficult it is, I guess, for communities to reach consensus, especially like on oh, really, yeah. really challenging topics uh, of debate. Yeah, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm thinking, if, if yeah. have you guys considered or thought of ways how communities can, I guess, curate and contribute as much information about, let's say, a project or mm-hmm. an ecosystem? Obviously, there has to be like individual <laughs> governance. Uh, procedures in order to determine yep. like what's what should be part of that knowledge base and what should not. True, but ultimately, is <laughs> the end goal of like a personal AI to be like the the ultimate executive of a DAO? Yeah. I I envision a future where that would be super useful, right? Like yeah. a community uh, per
0: yeah, uh, AI. That's, yeah,
2: that's a that's a beautiful thing, right? I mean, we started our Web three journey in 2020.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: In March of 2020, after we uh, hooked up, we uh, partnered with Oasis Labs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still remember the conversations like, you know, in summer of 2020 when we were talking to investors,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like AI in Web3, uh, in personal AIs. You <laughs> got like, you know, are you talking crazy? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but now now it's like more obvious for people. Yeah. I said, yeah. like, oh, yeah, AI is data. And of course, data, Web3 is all about data ownership. So it makes perfect sense. It's like, yeah, right. Um, that's that's essentially the core thesis of this company which is mm-hmm. uh the attribution of the data and the ownership of the data so now let's talk about community eyes uh, let's back it off to discord as well let's just uh, say you know we have discord communities uh, think about personal ai application as you know a discord with ai's baked in like everybody who has communities who are communicating on personal ai they will have their own ais and nothing is forgotten everybody Whoever says, whatever will belong to them. It doesn't belong to the company. You know, it belongs to the individual. It's, them, it's the it's the DAO concept, right? Um, so now, uh, uh, think of a channel like a Discord where you have you know a group of people. We actually branded it launches. Launches is people where you know you come in, you basically brainstorm, you basically talk about things, and you know you exchange ideas like more deeply. That's kind of the concept behind an AI lounge. Uh, and in the same uh, AI lounge, people are uh, having these conversations, and everybody's uh, kind of uh, information could be going into like one single AI. But more beautiful thing is everybody's AI is also picking up uh, their own thoughts and contributions. Mm-hmm. And when you do indeed like ask a question to this, you know, community AI or in a lounge, you can think about the response that is constructed, and you can have activations back to. What pieces of data are? Who are the contributors for this particular response um, uh, uh, to be generated? Mm-hmm. Right. If you ask, like, hey, um, you know, give me a brief summary about like AI in Web three. Let's say all four of us, you know, were contributing to that concept. When the AI generates a response, it will have that attribution to those four. You know what I mean? And so that's your reward process. It's like okay, if that is being used, mm-hmm. then the reward goes back to the people mm. who communicated it. Mm. So in a way, it's uh, yeah, it's a uh, it it gets like very interesting on how we can like mix the Web three concepts of ownership and you know rewarding yes. um with like AI utility baked into the system.
1: Yeah, that makes total sense, and that's one of the things because whenever. We noticed AI was exploding in, uh, I guess, the public zeitgeist, and yeah. one of the first questions we started asking our, each other is like, yeah. well, when is this gonna meet blockchain, right? Oh. And then we're like, once we started to learn more about how AI even works, it's like, oh man, there's a lot of training involved, right? In order for like reliable AI output, yeah, right. So. What better way to train AI than to galvanize, you know, communities right. through, you know, the use of cryptocurrencies potentially, right? Like that—that that is the incentive mechanism yeah. to contribute, right? And then if if you do as a community create a good product or like you know a good AI that does get a lot of utilization, it seems like a good little closed loop e- ecosystem there, right? Like that—that yeah. that is what we haven't even touched on the monetization
2: part, right? Like you yeah. have monetization. Now think. Now I think the NFTs are not just behind Discord servers. It's actually NFTs behind people's data and the utility associated with the AIs, mm. right? You are part of this group if you own this NFT. But by being part of the group, it's not just you know like community, but there is a collective intelligence of that community mm-hmm. that you are building and contributing, which I think is beautiful. Yeah. Right?
3: Come yeah, I, I
0: love it. I, I love it because uh, I guess the analogy that I would describe something like this is when you have a community and they're contributing, like our community contributes to our knowledge base, right? They're yeah. creating their own YouTube videos, they're creating Reddit's, they're creating all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. and a lot of that information, even though it's accessible, it's not readily available to new community yeah. members. Yeah. And so if new community members could could ask, like, hey, what is this project about? And who are the founders? And, mm-hmm. you know, how do I use this? And, mm-hmm. and if all this were queries into the AI, the AI would just spit everything out. It's like just pulling, you know, yeah. what's needed in real time. Interesting. And yeah. so the analogy I would use is, like, it's sort of like finding gold and then processing that gold so that it can be leveraged for, like, computer chips mm. or jewelry mm. or something useful. Mm-hmm, right? Because mm. if you find gold, I mean it's practically useless. You can't really do much other than just yeah. like sell it. But yeah. But if you could process it and you yeah. might be able to leverage it.
2: Yeah, one one thing like I would probably push us to think further is um this AI doesn't have to be a thing that basically picks up the best answer. Mm. Meaning mm-hmm. These personal AI's are so sophisticated, but that it can be down to the individual person. Mm. So let's forget like AI for a second. Let's just imagine a community. You have a channel, and people are talking and contributing to the conversations. And somebody new joins to that community, and then asks, like, you know, how do I do so and so things? Uh, And one, you know, there are probably a few other community members looking at that message, and then somebody picks it up and then responds to that particular message. Now, in the case of AIs, uh, think about this as a: uh, everybody has their own personal AI. So, I mean, the new person comes in and then posts a message. But instead of human picking up, that message is broadcasted to all these individual people's AI, and the best response will be picked up uh, because of you know basically the attribution score. If it is eighty percent. And then you would basically reply to that. So think about it as more like a virtual panel, like when you are sitting together in a moderated panel,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, you know, somebody asks a question and then somebody picks up, hey, I will go first. And then the other person, let me build on top of it, Mm -hmm. right? So in a way, these AI is representing individual people is coming in and contributing to the conversation
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: uh, as needed basis, which is associated with to that person. So it's like still like a human conversation, except that every human is augmented their, their own personal AI. Yeah. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. it's The applications of this is so, so vast. I feel like um, one of the questions, one of the bigger questions I had for you, Suman, is do you, are, do you guys plan on, building sort of an SDK so that, because I feel like the developer community can, can come up with different use cases for something like personal AI that you guys might not. And I wanted to give you an example Mm -hmm. of how we might use it Mm -hmm. as, as a third party developer. Mm -hmm. Um, so imagine, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you experienced the whole PFP craze that happened in 2021 and, and everything. And so we create our own PFP project except because we're in the metaverse Mm -hmm. we did a pfp project that is deployable in the metaverse so we have our own unique battle bots Mm -hmm. that are completely unique that are deployable Mm -hmm. in this virtual world called decentraland and people could battle each other Mm -hmm. and and earn tokens Yep. and so what if we leverage the sdk you know of personal ai and we embedded personal ai into each of these robots unique robots where i can interact with it Mm -hmm. and i can get a unique, you know, response from our, our robots sort of like merging AI and like, you know, virtual beings.
1: I guess that would be one of the activities as one of the Rovi owners, which is the robot we're talking about is, is to upload as much, I guess, consciousness juice as you can. It doesn't necessarily have to be a representative of yourself, right? You can, can't you just mix and match information from, I don't know, different people you, you, you like, you Like like, you know,
0: Elon and Katy Perry. Yeah. All of a sudden.
1: I want to create a, a merge of those two different human beings and see what that ends up looking like. Yeah. Right. Could you do something like that?
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, one of the, one of the guys at um he recently uh, built Sith from Star Wars. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there were questions about, yeah. Uh, he actually tweeted it out. Um, I, I will send you guys a link, but oh. no, there's nothing stopping it. Like, yeah, uh, the, the intention of personal AI is to uh one first like you know impersonate a personality, right? If the personality is mix and match of some people, or you are creating it, or it's of a person, that's fine. There, there's not there is nothing uh, stopping. Yeah. Um the 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 goal is, you know, that you know, everybody the mission is like everybody will have their own personal. AI. So it's kind of a little larger vision. It doesn't mean that you know, I will have a separate Twitter persona that is a collective of many different personas, right? Uh, which kind of happens today because if I go and talk on Twitter, probably I'm, um, uh, you know, th- there is a scientific term for this like mimetic desires, right? Like you know, you you start when you like somebody, you you start talking like that person, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. So you're starting to adapt to those person. people. People of it. So you can think about like training a personal AI, uh, you know, which your Twitter personality that is probably a combination of a few people uh, you know, for that particular purpose. So there's nothing stopping doing that. Uh, but, but just the thought process of, it's not just like, you know, throwing in a bunch of data from the whole, uh, uh, you know, I, like all the customer data combined to simply answer questions. It's, it's much beyond that. It's, it's about to represent a character, represent a personality, represent, you know, their knowledge, represent them. So I, I think that's, it's just the positioning, um, uh of it but technically uh yeah uh, there's nothing stopping me creating your own characters if you will mm-hmm. so so
0: we've uh we've oh, talked you about you asked about SD... yeah yeah please please uh chime in on the sdk
2: yeah yeah so there is already existing api available uh, which is personal.ai slash memory dash api uh, i put it in the chat uh that's already available for people to uh, ingest the data as well as to query the ais uh, and all the training part and modeling part is technically automated behind the scenes. Um, um, so, so, yeah, so the, the, I mean, it's not like SDK, but it's basically is available for okay. people to oh, that's awesome. play with and then shape up however well they want. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, um, I, was, I was really curious because I feel like uh, well, one of the things in our experience, so just to give you a little bit of background about us, we, we developed this, this project called metazone.ai uh some metazone.io mm-hmm. not ai mm-hmm. metazone.io and this it's a platform okay. where creators can submit digital content that is deployable in the metaverse and one of the things that we quickly learned mm-hmm. is that the community is much more creative than any like small group of people mm-hmm. and they've submitted things like yeah. dexes as nfts so you could literally deploy this dex as an nft into your piece of land And you can swap tokens and the landowner and the person that owns that that machine is getting paid you know a portion of the fees right it's creating a an economy in the metaverse Mm -hmm. and um and so we we were able to see so so, such creativity that we feel like any project like personal ai that that enabled third-party developers to come in and kind of use your technology for different purposes has uh you know like an explosion of even more creativity Mm. And so that's that's how we would use mm-hmm. it i think if we if we enhanced our pfp project you could interact with your unique mm-hmm. robot and it would respond to you in a unique way i feel yeah. like that's that's something that's gonna yeah. create a, a mania
1: so this, this kind of leads to another question though too like say we do create this open ecosystem for to utilize this tech so what is the i guess computational requirements to support all this like it actually prompt i guess an ai response like how there's a cost to this right it's not free <laughs> yeah so like if we were to create our own project like how do we know how much these you know inquiries
2: yeah 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 uh, i will comment on the metaverse and then i will comment on the uh cost mm-hmm. um so i mean metaverse is one like you know web3 we started with like data ownership and then of course it has a lot of economic incentives associated with the data Metaverse is a perfect example for Web3. Metaverse is also a good example for AI. Why? AI, Metaverse is nothing but, you know, virtual experiences. There is virtual real estate. There is, you know, virtual characters, virtual robots and virtual, uh, you know, immersion that, that can happen. Uh, now, what it doesn't have is, like, you know, virtual human beings, mm. uh, virtual characters that that can be, you know, trained with their own personality. Mm. Um, so what other players, you know, would be, you know, would be in existence than having your own kind of avatar Mm or a avatar that you dreamt of, that you created, like, you know, being creative, uh, that plugs into your own personal AI brain, right? Every, it's not just like the visual avatar, it's also the mind Mm -hmm. that kind of represents that particular character are particular human, yeah. right? Uh, so I think it's beautiful. We, um, we are. Uh, I, I know at least four Metaverse projects who are trying personal AIs uh, uh, to basically connect personal AI to the avatar that they are building inside a Metaverse experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so totally, I think that should be the way to think about. Yeah. Uh, the initial positioning from our perspective is we want to first start with the baseline of everybody gets access to the AI. So it's almost like democratizing the AI, which is the flip of kind of like the current industry norms. Um, And so cheaply that, you know, AI becomes like part of our everyday lives. And it's our asset that we own that will stay Mm -hmm. with us forever, you know, into the future. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Cost-wise, there is obviously cost, um, but the good news is it is cheaper than hosting or computing large language models.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, for example, you know, a 170 billion large language models takes like north of 10,000 GPU cluster or more, right? Mm-hmm. And I bet right now there will be a competition that will be going on on who gets the most GPUs for running the most powerful model or training the most powerful model and inferencing, you know, from that model. So think about those as, like, you know, mainframe computers, okay. right? Uh, so that that is the AI of large language models, which is like a mainframe computer. Uh, now, personal AI comes from this idea that you can carry a personal computer at your home or a personal phone in your pocket. Mm. So these models are like 120 million parameters, meaning they can literally run on your computer or on your edge devices. Right now we are still running them on the cloud, but they are designed to be portable on these small devices, so that we're thus reducing the cost, but the use cases are not uh, broad to the internet knowledge. The use cases are narrowed down to a individual person's knowledge or individual character's knowledge and that experience. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, so that's how we are able to reduce the cost. So there will be there is a free version uh, now that it is it will publish in Mars, There is a free version mm-hmm. where people would come in. There is no limit on what. You can put in the data, meaning your memories are yours, that is, will be provided at no cost for anybody. And they will own the data, meaning the company will not own the data. The data will not be sold. So all Mm. those things Mm. will be available at no cost.
3: Mm.
2: What costs us more money that we cannot just give away is the AI portion of the inference. Uh, In other words, we still have to crunch the model and we still have to make inference. So the approach with case, everybody gets this model um, and it is a tiny model that we will afford to uh, give away. And then as you use more or incorporate more of your AI with many, much more demand to your AI, because people are communicating with your AI, then there will be a cost associated with that. Uh, but our goal from a Web3 perspective is for people to be able to monetize their own AIs, that will kind of offset the costs that are involved you know, for computation of these things itself. So we are taking both Web2 as well as Web3 uh, models of, you know, simply put a subscription. Um, think about consulting with a person. Probably, you know, cost around 400 bucks. Now, you can actually talk to an AI or interact with an AI, you know, that gets you 60, 70% of it. Mm-hmm. That will probably, you know, cost, I don't know, five bucks an hour, something like that, mm. right? Uh, so that's the economic model and economic incentives. And I think it is very well positioned to fulfill the needs of like 80% consumers out there, Mm -hmm. not just like, you know, top tier, um, you know, uh, highly funded products.
0: So I wanna, so my background is in engineering and I wanna get a little bit deeper as to the the source of the cost, just to, uh, for me to understand is say for example, can I host my own personal AI on my own server that people can query? Would that be, where the cost is associated, versus using your your own systems, or is it the computational aspect of the, uh, that that that's the reason why it costs something? Or like, what what's the source of mm-hmm. the cost?
2: The source of the cost literally goes down to the hardware.
0: To the hardware, okay.
2: Right. Yeah, it, it literally goes down to the hardware, uh, except that the mechanics of the hardware is a little bit tricky. Uh, in other words, uh, think about, you know when initially linux operating system came out uh, it was super hard to install it on mac os operating system because it was very closed right um and it won't be compatible so we are in a world where the hardware compatibility and the model compatibility and everybody coming up with different kinds of chipsets is little bit not standardized
3: mm-hmm.
2: so um what is standardized the good news is like you know gpt architecture is kind of standard right now Uh, and there are like multiple different versions of those architecture kind of evolving which is which is good um uh, so eventually the goal is instead of these personal ai models running on a specific type of gpu on the cloud they will be able to run on the gpu chipsets that your mac or your apple iphone or your google android will ship with your uh, phones even even that industry is it's not completely mature like even if we Try to say, oh, you know what? Let's build muscle AI models for Edge. Uh, it is too immature for us to be able to provide a meaningful like, utility off of it. But the good news is it is designed to be so small and so effective to run on those chips when it becomes like in a mass market availability. So that will like reduce your cost dramatically. So yes, you can, you know, potentially host
3: uh, oh,
2: wow. okay. on your own local mission. And if you are savvy enough, you know, buy a GPO. It's up of the model. Yes trying to figure out like, how do we give people the ability to download the models and do their own things. But you know, those are the developer tools that, I guess, will mature as the company
3: matures.
0: Mm-hmm. OK, so that means that uh, a project like us, we would potentially be able to, to host a lot of this uh, functionality within our own servers so that we can manage the cost. Because it's like when when, when we're trying to apply personal AI to our, our own project like Rovi, where we have are creatures that are very unique. Um, I I'm curious yeah. as to like how this, this interaction scales in terms of like the cost and like the timing, like, let's say I ask my, my Rovi a question or, you know, give me, you know, thoughts about, you know, this, this metaverse event or whatever it is, uh, you know, okay. is it going to take a long time okay. just because we're hosting it, or is it going to be a better experience if, if personal AI is hosting it? like, you know, what, what are the different oh, yeah. considerations for all this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's no different than, you know, thinking about hosting your own website on your own server versus yeah, that's what I was hosting thinking. It on AWS, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's no different, except that the models run some GPUs and websites and, you know, simple things run some CPUs. I mean, that's, that, that's uh, essentially the shift that is happening between the computation that is needed, uh, you know, for hosting these things. Uh, same thing with the games right i mean the 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 power formations that you have with your graphic chipsets you can have that local experience otherwise you know you would just host the game on a server side
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and then you know use your ps4 for the computation that is needed locally so i think those are all like engineering techniques um that will eventually uh, evolve and get standardized um you know as as uh, the hardware and the software markets i guess parallelly you know,
0: optimize over a period of time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so going back to um, the, I guess the personal use case of personal AI. So is it correct to just submit like basically everything? Let's say if I wanted to to use personal AI as like a, like I'm having a meeting with, uh, you know, a a different project. Does it make sense to use personal AI to record information from that meeting? Like, like minutes of the meeting, if you will so that I can later on recall that information? Is, is that like the proper way to use, to leverage it?
2: That is a use case. Uh, people do use that uh, for that need as well. Um, one, like think think from like how you again, segregated, right? Um, you can create an AI profile that says my meetings and you basically push all your meetings into that one particular AI profile. So when you know, hey, these are the things that I spoke to these people, you will go into your, you know, that particular scope. Mm-hmm. So you're not giving away, uh, querying the knowledge base when you are trying to, you know, basically ask you at, like meetings in a specific context. There are two things that, you know, with AI. One is uh, how you scope it out. So you, if you have your AI profile for meetings, or you can have AI profile for family, right? Like all okay. the family okay. information that exists, you probably don't want to share. Okay. And the second thing is the context, which is normally also called prompt, right? If you think about ChatGPT, if you give the same prompt to ChatGPT, multiple people, same prompt, likely results the same result. In this case, the prompt is still important uh, because you would need to provide that context to the prompt on what you're trying to ask. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a very human to human conversation. Like, you know, for us to dig deeper and deeper, it's taking so much of dialogue back and forth. So if you are able to provide the right amounts of context in your prompt that is available within your space, then yeah, your AI will be able to uh, synthesize that and respond with something more meaningful. Mm. Um, so yeah, the short answer is EIS meetings um, uh, as well. But if it is just simply meetings, there are a bunch of applications that will you know, summarize meeting notes
3: sure, sure. <laughs>
2: uh, to be able to... Uh, push information. So there's like a nuances on you know how people would want to use for what use cases. Um and it's so flexible in a way.
3: Sure,
1: sure.
2: It's a curse. <laughs> I,
0: I read an, an article that you wrote recently and you were you were talking about how I believe you uploaded a bunch of your podcasts <laughs> to personal AI. Mm-hmm. Is is mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Is that a functionality that the rest of us could take advantage? Is it just as simple as uploading a uh-huh, YouTube yeah. channel? YouTube links?
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, even today, uh, you said you have an account, right? I, I would simply create a profile, you know, say, the block runner. Yep. Take the YouTube links, boom, 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 paste it, it will process to the stack, and then you can technically not just ask questions, but give any prompt. Like, you can try to uh, associate, like, what are the connections between you know, what Suman said about AI and Web3 versus some other people. So it all depends on how creative you get with the prompts to be able to, uh, you know, extract information from your profile of block planner.
0: Yeah, that's so yeah. so exciting because we we have a wealth of information. I mean, our, our angle and approach to like these interviews and just talking about different crypto projects. As a matter of fact, we just released a video yesterday, Suman, about Oasis Labs. And, uh, while we were doing research oh, about personal, oh, personal AI, yeah. we, we dove into personal, uh, to Oasis labs and we were impressed with what they were offering. And so we had to do a video Yeah. and, uh, but, but my mm. whole point is, um, you know, if I were able to input all this information to my personal AI for the block runner, for example, I feel like there's a lot of mm-hmm. information there that is not recallable unless you can just go and watch the video. Like mm-hmm. I need, I, I need some sort of way to like recall because we, we made predictions and. A lot of our predictions have come true yeah. mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to like, you know, find proof because there's so many, so many videos. Yeah.
1: So what would you imagine in that, in that scenario, you're talking to the block runner AI. Yeah be like hey man you remember that time where we were talking about you know this this and that and then it'll just be like yeah it's right over here yeah that's what you imagine it to Yeah, do? i
0: i hope so at least <laughs> at least give me the information like yeah. in text form or or point me to hey, this is where this is a video you need to watch to get that information
1: or like say it over again you say it over again yeah, yeah. i'm reimagining it yeah correctly. one of the attribution
2: <laughs> yeah yeah one of the attribution requests that we have from the current customers Mm -hmm. We we show the raw content like you know the related uh, content right now, Uh, but we need to tie it back to the raw source so that they can actually jump to the video or jump to the document. Mm, Uh, so that attribution exists. So yeah, so Uh, totally you can you can totally think. I love it.
4: It's very being able to
2: expose that kind of.
4: I have a question. Attribution is the
2: most beautiful part, I think. uh, Yeah, because no AI kind of has that association. It was a hard problem, but. Yeah. Uh, it's a good thing that we actually invested in that attribution.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Shoot, yeah. TJ. Cool. Yeah,
4: I have a question. So, if I'm like bad at math, right, and I feed my AI all this bad math, is it going to uh,
1: give
2: uh, bad, bad math back or is it going to give gonna be accurate a- info? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. It's going to be bad in, bad out. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> Great. It's going to be
1: as close to what you what you are, right? As so, long it's as very authentic. Then. Yeah. I better you learn it to be math. as authentic as possible. <laughs>
2: But we did. Yeah, yeah. so speaking of authenticity and bias, right? uh, There is a whole separate conversation that we can have on this
3: Mm -hmm. topic. Yeah,
2: Um, which is, I mean, like you know, when you when you take like generative images or you know, generative like large language models, it is as good as you know the collective data and where the weights are for the data to. Basically, anchor the bias to certain weights, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the interesting challenge over there is, you know, people like release models saying that this is equal weights of the biases, but I guarantee it is—it is a like impossible task to achieve like a no bias collective AI. Sure. Because what, like, like what is ethical in this country? is yeah. not ethical sure. in a second country, I mean, in a different country. So 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 it's very hard to debate what is even ethical and what is not ethical, what is even mm-hmm. biased and what is unbiased. Yeah. The only thing that currently stands as of today from like my human experience is the individual. Like what you think is different from what other person thinks. And yes, you can have like like minded people come together to form as a group and community. Where you think okay, this is the most ethical thing, but for that group to do, mm-hmm. right? So that's the whole like concept beyond personal AI, is because if it is indeed TJ's AI, if he has a bias on something, of course that AI will have bias on that. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's exactly what I was like, I wanted opinion. to get
4: to. I just wanted to get to math because math is Easy. certain, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but but again, like somebody else, like Suman may not think that's bias, right? right. Uh, somebody else will categorize that as bias, but TJ doesn't think it's a bias. Mm-hmm. So it's all like subjective things. So it's not AI to blame. Mm-hmm. It is humans who is trying to create and define what exactly bias means. Can we all agree on what the bias is in this entire planet? No, heck no.
1: So uh, with, with all of that considered then, can we ever get to a stage yes.
2: where like
1: we could almost reliably trust ai to the point where like i said we can make good decisions or we can unburden humanity on like the decision making maybe that can assist like we talked about earlier in a lot of governance processes right humanity is obviously very corruptible it's been proven we we have natural biases for whatever reasons is so if if ai is never there's no way to achieve i guess like a Something above? Independent uh, analysis, independent
0: objective, empirical decision-making.
2: The independent objective is as good as the collective data that went into that independent objective. (laughs) Sorry, it's a very bad answer, but but what you're asking is like uh, a god-like human (laughs) it's always correct. But at the end of the day, look, it's a choice. Like, for example, you know, I'm from India, like within India, I have like multiple different cultures, multiple friends, like, you know, gods that we pray mm-hmm. and I came to us, right. And there are multiple different friends, you know, who basically practice different cultures and everything. Uh, now, you know, what kind of principle is right? Like, you know, yeah. Uh, whatever like issue or topic that you take, like by bisexual marriage uh, and things of that nature, right? Sure. Um, so... So I think at the end of the day, each individual human will be presented with the choice. And the choice can be coming, coming from this collective intelligence AI that, you know, a gigantic corporation that is put out there or a the United States mm. uh, AI, yeah. you know, it's like, this is the one that we trust mm. because right. all people are citizens, citizens of United States trust this AI. Yeah. Great. That's that's great. But if you take that AI and give to a person, you know, in China (laughs) it's like, hell, yeah, it's, it's their choice. Will they trust that?
3: Yeah.
2: So it all depends on like how you are collectively building it, how you are positioning it, and it will start to mimic the politics and the groups and the Hmm. societies and the cultures that exist with humans.
0: I totally agree. But, but so follow me on this, Uman, on this logic uh, path that we're about to take. So everything you said, 100% correct. However, I feel like humans have come up with an, an empirical way to come to conclusions about, you know, uh, the world and, you know, how we treat it, right? And so it couldn't we use the scientific method to come to a decision-making process that is completely independent from, like, corruption and like can't can't we just say that humans objectively are causing global warming and the right thing to do is to adjust our behavior independently and objectively adjust our behavior to combat global warming Mm -hmm. and that is the truth from like a scientific empirical provable way Mm. and and that is what the response from ai when we query is like what should we do about global warming well, humans need to adjust their behavior, mm-hmm. and that becomes the truth. Is isn't that reasonable? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can totally expect and you can design an AI to do just that. Yeah,
1: but it's just um, a matter of will people meaning, care? Or, yeah, <laughs> will people trust it? Right. <laughs>
2: the, the 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 biggest issue that we are talking is it's not the AI issue. Yeah. It is a human issue. Yes. can mm-hmm. like okay global warming is a good example right uh if you get you know 100 percent of human beings on the planet and give them two options do you are uh, pro global warming or anti-global warming mm-hmm. do you believe it or not mm-hmm. do you think you will have 99 percent of the people who will be like no this is how we define global warming and this is what we should do uh, if if the answer is yes, then yeah, then we will try to use ninety nine percent of influence for changing the one percent, or force the one percent with loss to to switch over on the, on the other side. Uh, so yeah, so if it is scientific and if we are talking about probabilistic, anything north of fifty percent should be adopted by entire humans, and that should be considered the true, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like you know, tr- true answer. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
2: then yeah, uh, sure, we can we, we can do that. Um, well, so, we have so to
1: decide to it's do still, that.
2: It's still design. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's yeah. a technical
1: <laughs> dilemma. It's it's yeah. uh, it's it, it is at the end of the day uh, always a human dilemma. Whether it, it's going to take a whole
2: cultural it's shift. A dilemma.
4: Yeah, that's why our AI is going to be flat earthers.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. No, let let me let me let me show you this right? So I mean, right now, internet has penetrated into English speaking countries to begin with, right? So obviously, on the internet, there is a lot more English language, and there is a lot more, yeah. uh, um, you know, issues that is closer to you know English-speaking countries. Uh, let's just say, let's not go into politics. Let's just say with uh, you know maybe cultures, uh, maybe Christianity is more understood by the AI. If I I come from like a super small village, and you know probably like nobody knows yeah. uh, in India, right? And we and we have this like a like a million or two million people who. Um, like give their lives for this particular God. It's like very local. You wouldn't know, even within India, people wouldn't know this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's just, so uh, I don't know what the example that I was trying to give. Oh yeah, yeah, the society uh, So now on the internet, when you combine everything and what is the true idea of the God, yeah. it will likely be extracted empirically, scientifically mm-hmm. from Christianity. Mm-hmm. So would you say all that million people who like, believe in this particular story for whatever reason mm-hmm. needs to be shifted. Do they have a right to follow their own beliefs? Mm,
0: I see. Right. Yeah. I see.
2: So, empirically, I can prove Christianity is the thing to go after. Sure. Mm-hmm. But is it the right thing to do? I don't know.
0: Yeah.
4: No, that makes sense.
0: <sighs> well, I, I think when it comes to questions like, um, you know, Christianity and, and different religions, I, I think that that is a debatable topic for sure. However, when it comes to like scientific decision making and like global warming and and all these things, I feel yeah, like there's yeah. an objective truth.
4: That's why I used math in my right, like exactly. It's hard to argue math.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. But I think it's no, also that's totally yeah. true. That's totally true. I, th- I think if it is more scientific uh, in nature, that is not subjective. You can totally, you know, say hey, this is a scientific AI. You can totally do that. Okay. Right. So,
0: and and the reason why I bring this up is because, it, in my opinion, and I guess we're getting a little bit into politics, is I feel like our political system is lacking a lot of scientific decision-making processes. Mm-hmm. And, and a yeah. lot of it is because they just don't understand it. Like, like, you know, obviously this isn't mm-hmm. really science, but when Mark Zuckerberg went to Congress and one of the guys, one of the older guys, he was like, how do you make money? If you don't charge anybody anything? Yeah. I was like, well, I, I sell ads. Yeah. And, and you know, that's a, that's a very dumb question. You should know this. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, had they have access to a tool like a scientific AI is like, you know, explain to me global warming, you know, how are humans causing mm-hmm. global warming? They would sort of learn without like really, you know, having to go to school or anything like that. Mm. And, and so I feel oh, like, yeah. yeah, I feel like a scientific tool so, like this would be, you know, better for society. In my opinion, mm-hmm.
4: you got to build that AI. Will. I think I'm going to, I
0: have to yeah. do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just have to build it out, uh, but yeah, if the purpose is education, the purpose is pushing like scientific knowledge and empirical knowledge. Um, uh, absolutely, I mean, I think I can. I think we can uh, do it, and we should. We should probably do it as well. So um, one, and, one and, question, and that's the goal. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, go ahead.
0: So, okay, so we have the scientific AI. Can can are we able to feed it enough information? to make a suggestion, like something crazy like this. It's like, all right, according (coughs) to what I'm understanding. so I'm speaking as the AI, according to all this information that we have scientifically, empirically, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: it looks like, you know, looks like there's about 2 billion people starving to death on the planet. Mm -hmm. You know, if I were to query this AI, the scientific AI is like, what should we do about this? It's like, well, humans have enough resources to generate food for everybody right without much cost. And, you know, here's a process to do that. You, you do build vertical farms, you, you inject, you know, machines to like pump food into this ecosystem, which, you know, machines are not, you know, they're, they're labor that you don't have to leverage humans for. And all of a sudden this vertical farm is pumping out food for millions of people. Mm-hmm. Like it would come up with this design. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a, a reasonable outcome from such AI? Is that possible?
4: For it to have unique
3: ideas, totally possible. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, unique like, ideas is totally yeah. possible. Um, if, if um, you know, um, if the, if the data set that supports uh your unique ideas, like let's just say you have, you know, a huge data set about global warming, and you do have you know different kinds of ideas and strategies around mm-hmm. the global warming that is collected from many different people, all uh you know with the core idea of you know. A, Education and with the core idea of like ideation of what could be done. Uh, totally, like because that's the beauty of it, which is it can transfer like multiple different connections and ideas in and this large data okay. set spit out like newer ideas and newer processes. Uh, then a one individual person can comprehend all this information and put together a story. Um, th- that, is, that is totally mm. possible and reasonable. Dude,
0: yeah, I love it.
2: I think my. I mean, the previous like 10 minutes ago conversation, the, the only debate is, um, you know, when, when you're thinking about AI, I like everybody should trust like an AI uh, that is godlike. I, I don't think we can achieve that. That's yeah. the only thing that I argue.
1: True. But
2: uh, because uh, bec- because at the end of the day, even, even with COVID and CDC guidelines, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is like the most scientific data that, you know, people put out there. But how many people believe that it is true?
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Right?
2: It's, yeah. it's pathetic. Like, it, yeah. uh, and that's the reason why like, uh, it, it's it's very hard to just say we can get all humans to trust like one AI. So mm-hmm. that's my only argument.
0: Okay, so, so I have two more questions. And the, the first question mm-hmm. is about what you just said about people believing in the CDC and all that. It, is it because... People don't don't understand the scientific process. That isn't that the reason why they don't believe in what the CDC is saying, or or.
2: I mean, why do you think all people will believe in science? First of all.
0: Well, I feel like it's a it's an empirical way to determine something is true or not, right? It, I don't know if it's a belief yeah. system, more like a, a tool for discovery.
2: Um, if it is, if it is. Uh... So I would, uh, basically, the the short answer is yes, because we are all like scientific people. Um, So if there is a science system that you can create, um, and maybe AIs can help kind of penetrate, this is what AI thinks. Uh, But I think the work is beyond technology. Uh, When we are thinking like AI, and when we are thinking using AI for good, um, being able to adapt and create the trust factor Mm -hmm. with these you know organizations and communities like at the end of the day cdc is still an organization it's a government organization so whether it is scientific based or not people would politically like argue what information that they are using for what purposes and Mm -hmm. what motivations so i I think the uh your intentions are like really good and that's where the community probably the collective group of people Uh, And driving through, like, you know, like from a Web3 principles, I think, like, more makes more sense directionally Mm
3: -hmm. um,
2: rather than a group of people that has different motivations creating a scientific AI that everybody should trust.
0: Mm, I see.
2: So maybe it's a concept of like decentralization, centralization, Mm -hmm. like who is doing what for what motivations and what is the true truth? Like, what is the truth? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly yeah because we're, we're trying it feels like we're transitioning from you know i have a question let me just google it too i have a question you know why don't you just ask this ai because it will give you the answer right and it'll give you a, a an objective empirical truth answer rather than when you go to google you might mm-hmm. see like the the latest uh conspiracy theory yeah yeah you, know, you know who did nine yeah, sure. eleven? Like like you, you might see and you might be convinced that you know it was uh, some crazy conspiracy or whatever um, but if you ask AI, it wouldn't give you conspiracy theories because there's no objective uh, empirical evidence to support that. So I think we're going from like picking and choosing our
4: own uh, path to
0: like knowing the truth. Would that be correct? Is that?
4: Mm-hmm. Depends on what data you feed it. That's what, that's what we were talking about. We could have a conspiracy. A, conspiracy a AI. AI? Yeah. Conspiracy AI. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. So in that reality there's even more fragmentation i guess of of, of yeah, belief but, and alignment y- right? But
0: you're using conspiracy.personal AI though yeah. versus science.personal.ai. Yeah, I'm going yeah, to get
4: yeah. I'm going to get that uh, domain right Yeah now. right <laughs> <laughs> Okay
0: final question final question we're we're almost done here Suman So you said that that on March you're going to be releasing something can you describe the difference between 1.0 personal AI to 2.0 mm-hmm
2: uh technologically it is just super powerful um use case wise we are basically shifting are now ready to say hey uh everybody will get a personal ai of their own Mm -hmm. for free Uh, and it will be integrated into your life on a day-to-day basis if you would choose to by using personal AI platform to communicate with each other that each either each other could be like yourself like you can communicate yourself by telling everything for your AI to learn you can communicate with other people like very similar to chatting with other people you can communicate within a you know community or in a lounge setting hmm. but everything that you say uh, will be learned by your AI which belongs to you
3: hmm.
2: and you own it and over a period of time, will develop to be like you, mm. right? So in those communications or chatting, your AI will start providing you or drafting you suggestions in real time, what you may want to say based on the context that was provided. Like you were asking about you know, a community person asking a particular channel, your AI will draft a suggestion for you to, yes, that's what I would say because it is all learned from my previous knowledge, style, thought that is authentic to you. Uh, and then just multiply that with everybody else will also have that. So it's not like multiple humans talking to one AI. It's humans talking to humans where everybody has their own AI mm. to help and augment their own thinking and their own thought process mm. in a copilot, which is drafting more or autopilot, which is automatically trusting that person to be able to send that message out.
0: Wow. Amazing. And this is this is being released in the the first of March.
2: Assuming, yeah, this is going in March, right? So by the time this gets released, perfect, the app should be out there.
1: Awesome. Now, are there you know Web three is a, a component to a lot of this as well. Is are there any details you could share as far as like a you know social token is mentioned a lot on your website, like yeah. an actual <laughs> like a token ecosystem that will emerge from your platform at any point in the future
2: yeah it was uh it's already part of the plan Mm -hmm. the way we think about it is you know since 2020 one of the key principles is privacy and ownership of the data because Mm -hmm. the concept is you know creating your mind right which is very personal which is very private and people has to own it like no company should own that thing Uh, so uh we went about choosing blockchain as a technology to be able to guarantee that ownership. You know, we cannot yes. just say, okay, you own it. Right? We got to take show that in actions. Um, and we chose blockchain because you know, I have some blockchain history myself mm. uh, as a technologist. Uh, so, so for us, like the Web3 and the blockchain was perfect because principally we had certain promises that we wanted to build into this platform, into this product. And that's the reason why we chose you know, to implement it. So, so it's a very like a different mindset. Like we start with the problem first, and what are our principles, and what are the technologies to solve it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Web three allows us to do that. Uh, and the economics wise also is beautiful because we are talking about this is your mind. You use your mind every day, you know, to to make money, to to make a living, mm-hmm. right? So this should this mind of yours should help you make money to make a living because you know it's it's working with you and for you. Uh, so yeah so the concepts are pretty similar. it's a uh, data ownership data privacy and economics around the data but all packed into this particular model you can choose to put your personal AI behind a uh, uh, nFT gated access you can also mm. choose to put personal AI behind a subscription gated access very traditional web method uh, uh, and as you uh, basically build your particular token to your particular personal AI. Wow, Economically viable. You can imagine that to be, you know, a social token to be released. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the token first. It's actually token is the result, right? Uh, so, uh, and especially given how Web3 industry is shaping up, uh, we always want to start with, you know, human and the consumer experiences and the utility uh, first with the promise of trust and ownership and then start enabling... The economic, uh, you know, functions or you know, frameworks uh, that Web three as well as Web
3: two allows
1: us to do. Yeah, yeah. So basically, we could spin up our own personal AI and um, leverage the many different varying, I guess, tokenization models, economic models to, yeah. I guess, incentivize the community either to contribute or you know, give additional uh-huh. benefits or perks to people who do decide to leverage the personal right. AI we curated. Right. Uh, you know. So it's yep. it's up to the creator essentially, like how they want to leverage these uh, Web three mm-hmm. components. That's so cool.
0: That is cool. Yeah, I love it, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes me down another. <laughs> yeah, just you can just keep going deeper and deeper, yeah. deeper to this stuff. Yeah, go hopefully, deeper. hopefully you come back one day, like uh, you know, once everything we get closer to the Web three stuff. Because yeah, I think, man, it's there's
0: so many angles you could take this. Yeah down at least as a as a user as a developer you could uh leverage this heavily in like tons of ways it's
1: one of the more exciting things i've seen i guess because i mean like web3 and i guess you know cryptocurrencies even DeFi stuff we do a really good job of like i guess incentivizing contribution participation into different ecosystems and stuff like this but there hasn't been too much value output, yes. Like from the Web three ecosystems, yeah. like like by leveraging all of that human activity and contribution. I think AI generating all these useful AI products yeah. is going to be something that's going to really turn people's heads. Like, holy shit, this whole blockchain thing makes a lot more sense now. Hell yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, because the best we've come up with is DeFi, and all it is is just locked up funds. Yeah, that's yeah. the output. Yeah. yeah, I
2: mean, there are there are investors who rejected me because there's a blockchain company involved in this
1: company. Wow. What a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just don't know. They, they don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. Don't know. They don't know. They don't they don't get it.
0: All right, Suman, I appreciate it. Hopefully we can have you come back on and talk a little bit more in depth um, you know, once we get you know access to like the next version of uh, personal ai which is if you're watching this it's already available definitely get your personal ai i got mine i'm going to be leveraging it heavily yes i think we're going to be using it for our own community for metazone and rovi we're going
1: to find as many ways we can use it as we can yeah <laughs> for sure yeah this yeah.
0: is this is game changing i mean this yeah. is uh this is very interesting conversation i really appreciate your time suman No, i enjoyed it uh
2: thanks a lot
0: All right. I appreciate it. And uh, we will catch you in the next podcast.